There was a back and forth that I had with a friend at work quite a few months ago now that has stuck with me. I think that I probably learned a lot about myself in that exchange that maybe I hadn't acknowledged or or hadn't put into words in such a way. The context was me overloading my work schedule and sort of working myself to the bone. And she said, do you hate yourself? And I quickly replied, yes. To which she said, why? And without thinking, I said, because I can be better and I owe it to myself to try. And even though it was off the cuff, it hit me right away and has stuck with me that I think that's, you know, a driving force behind who I am. It's the expectation that I can do more and knowing that that I should do more. Bring. I used to think if I couldn't find hope, I should just let it all go. I used to think if I couldn't make dreams come true, I should just let them all go. When life seems been a while more than a while it's been probably a couple whiles at this point well over a year year and a half approaching you know it's crazy it's been longer since an episode than even the whole original podcast run you know I think that was around a year it was a year and a month run that I was doing them at least semi-consistently And now it's been one and a third years, which is a common measurement of time, one and a third years. But what are you going to do, first of all? What are you going to do about it? And what am I going to do? What could I do about it now? You know, I've wanted to put out another episode for so long, but the expectations that I put on myself or the expectations that I believe would be out there for a listener, but I mean, for myself, has sort of stopped me because after so long, there has to be something right? Something has changed, something's gone on to break that norm, and that puts a pressure of significance on whatever is to come next. And I've always struggled with that to a fault. I remember the first time I slept in or the first time I started skipping classes in high school, 
I had just slept in and missed my first block, and I was so embarrassed I didn't want to show up the next day because I was embarrassed of missing that previous one. I didn't have an excuse. I didn't want to face that. I just missed it, which is such a juvenile thing and is something I'm dealing with now as a 29-year-old that I don't know how to just put something in the past and accept a mistake or accept or acknowledge that sometimes you need a break, you need time off. And it's been so hard to come back to the podcast because of that. I felt I had to come back with something special and different. I couldn't just come back and be like, oh, hey, yeah. Even though the podcast is dealing with life, and I could have just been like, hey, I've been dealing with life. But, you know, I flirted with that idea of having something different to come back to. I took a video, did a whole, like, video thing, and... That was going to be the reason I was gone for so long. I felt I needed a reason and never materialized. You know, I ended up skipping that math class probably 15 times in a row. I missed like a whole month because I just, it kept getting harder and harder to go back. How do I show up after two days now? How do I show up after three? Eventually it was like, do I even ever go I don't want to go through that awkwardness of, oh, where have you been? I've been going to my other classes, just haven't been coming here. And you know, there's a lot of different things where there's an expectation of something. And personally, the way my brain works, I think I have a hard time not meeting expectations, even if they're set by me or or not, or societal expectations or whatever they are. And I think A lot of my mental health issues probably come from that, not meeting expectations. You know, it's it's similar with people that I haven't talked to in a while. If I don't message back, people sort of joke around with me, friends joke around with me that I'm a terrible texter or, you know, oh, good luck getting a, a reply from him. And I sort of own that in a joking way, even though I'm not proud of it. But it's that same sort of thing where if I'm not feeling it, if I wasn't up for it at the moment and I don't reply right away, then I feel bad taking time to reply. And if a day or two days goes by, well, then it's like, fuck, what do I, how do I, oh, hey, sorry. And I mean, again, yeah, that's what you do, right? You say, hey, sorry, I was dealing with it, but I can't. I don't feel that whatever I have going on, my normal day-to-day is maybe significant enough to warrant having taken the time that I, I do. And so my relationships get affected because I don't talk to friends after a while if something like this starts and I, we don't talk for a bit and then we're not going to talk for longer because I don't know how to break that awkwardness and just be like, hey, fuck, I've been... Feeling some sort of way. I think a big part of issues with the relationship with my parents probably comes from expectations of what I expect a parent to be and maybe what they were. And I'm in a period of life that is rife with uncertainty and 
what do I really want to be doing and how do I put myself on that right path and what should I be focusing on? And at the end of the day, it comes down to not wanting to be like my parents. I feel terrible not doing anything on days or wasting days away or going home and just watching TV or having a drink or smoking weed because that's all my mom ever did. Come home, throw on the TV, smoke joints, pass out on the couch, wake up at 2 a.m., move to bed, wake up, go to work, rinse, wash, repeat. And I don't want to be like that. And I don't want to be the father that my dad was to me. And I really want to have kids. But how can I do that without knowing that I'm not them? And, you know, my parents are are good people. I, my problems are my own. And on the grand scheme of things, they're, they're great people. And they were teenagers when they had me. And I, at my age or at their age, what I am now, I would have a 10-year-old kid. In fuck, I can't even get myself to do basic life things. Like, kudos to them. My mom especially, obviously, being the one who raised me for being able to manage that some way. And I mean, fuck, the thing is that I need to lower expectations a bit. You can take a nothing day or a nothing evening and recharge, refuel. You don't always have to do something or accomplish something or you're going to break down. That's what I need to learn and find a balance because it's ending up just being one or the other for me. Lately, I've been working myself so hard for so long, and then a period of just spending evenings doing absolutely nothing, pissing nights away on the couch, on my phone, feeling sorry for myself for doing nothing, and then I try to kick my own ass a bit, and I just feel worse. Finally, I get some motivation and then go hard to just crash again. I really need to find some balance, as I'm sure we all can. I think it comes from structure, balance, structure, scheduling. I'm in a position at work now where I don't have a set schedule. I work when I want to, and that's great for that peace of mind or that freedom to wake up when I want, go to work when I want, go home when I want. That's all fine and dandy. But that lack of structure probably hinders things a bit. I know that I could be much more productive, much more happy if I set myself to a schedule. And I've been saying this for a while, I really need to fix my sleep schedule. Get to sleep earlier, wake up earlier, be done your day with more of a a day left after work. You know, as it stands now so often, I'm at work for 10, 11 to put in a full eight. I'm not off till six, seven. And By the time I'm home, it's 7, 8, and I'm, you know, that's not enough time to really do anything. I'm too tired. It's too late for me to set up the laptop at home and work on some projects of my own. Two hours of unwinding, it's fucking 10 o'clock, and, you know, the night's done. I don't want to get into something that late, and then it's just like, fuck, I did nothing with my evening. Whereas if you can get on a better schedule, be done your day by 4 or 5, oh boy, the opportunities are endless. 
I'm recording this on, I'm going to call it a new laptop, but I've probably had it for a year now. I bought it with the intention of, it was a podcast laptop. That was the plan. I was like, what's going to be good for video editing, audio editing, and then just your random or your regular Google Docs and Sheets and standard stuff. This was the purpose for the laptop. And I thought hopefully that at the time, after a few months of being off, that that would give me some motivation to get back into it. And it probably did a little bit. I probably was taking notes and doing things a a little bit more behind the scenes, but nothing ever got done. And honestly, it was hard to fully use it for a while because the expectation was to use it for podcasting. And again, it's my brain and expectations. I didn't allow myself to fully use my laptop or to use it daily because I was like, oh, if I'm going to use it, I got to do that because that's what it's for. And it took a while to get over that. Luckily, I have now and it's a work computer, which I guess is depressing. But no, it's good. It's helping me achieve things now. But that being said, I probably did misuse it or underutilize it for a few months because of that. And when I say few, I mean probably like six months. This new laptop just sort of sat there barely getting used because of expectations that I had set out for it before I even had it. And it goes beyond expectations of myself. Like obviously that's expectations of an object, but it's for everyone else in my life too. It's expectations of friends, of romantic partners, of co-workers, of the people I consume content of. I have expectations for everyone. And unfortunately, my expectations are high or are unsustainable because I never lower them. I only ever increase them. And that's far from fair. My boy AA, he's getting married, just got engaged back in December. And I'm going to say something that may hurt him, but it wasn't that exciting. Hold on. Hold on. Only because we knew it was coming. You know, we knew years ago. We knew before he even met his partner because of who you are, eh? Great guy. Determined. You know what you want to do and have to do and you do it. And for that, I look up to you. We all know you wanted to find someone, start a family, do the whole thing. We all knew you would be the first to settle down, first to buy a house, first to have a kid. And that's because that's who you are. That was always the expectation for you. You know, I used to clown you and say that you'd make a great mother one day. (laughs) And although you will... I'm sure you'll make an even better father, big guy, and I can't wait to be there for the ride. I guess my fear then is that expectation, like stereotype, usually come from somewhere. And though, of course, not always correct, it can often be a safe bet. So then I look at myself and maybe not so much my expectations of myself now or the things I put on myself 
But if I take a step back and look at what the expectations were or are for a person like me years ago and how I'm probably living up to those now, I don't see myself achieving those bigger aspirations that I now have. Because maybe I've already peaked. But hey, I'm acknowledging it now and can change and put myself on that path, right? Maybe. Or maybe this was always going to be the case. Maybe this is the reality for an intelligent but unmotivated soul. And ambitiously lazy person with a high sense of self. Where the only way to break the cycle of my routine would be to fundamentally change who I am. It's the chip on my shoulder that drives me, and it's the lack of fulfillment that grows the chip. If I find the fulfillment, I'll lose the chip and then I can't find the drive. But it's the drive to accomplish something, to make a name for myself and to influence others that brings me my solace. Then that can exist without me feeling unfulfilled. Right? Running off to the woods is getting more and more tantalizing by the day. It's the life I want. I know that. I want to give it all up. I want to leave the rat race, but I don't want to give up. You know, that would be quitting life, capitalism, Western society. It's a game, and I love games. I love learning their rules, playing it a few times, and coming up with strategies. I've switched careers a few times already. I've learned a lot of ins and outs to this whole thing. I feel I've studied the other players and and seen their flaws. I know, I feel, I'm better than most and that I can win, but... The game I'm talking about isn't really life. It's a game within the game of life. And maybe in the end, I'll be upset to have spent so much energy on the societal success at the cost of personal peace. I want to quickly thank everyone that's listened in the past that has continued to find the podcast and listen while I've been away and those that are listening now. Cheers. Thank you. I've realized that I really struggle with feeling like I'm not being listened to or that my words don't matter or that no one cares about what I have to say. I think it's probably something unresolved from my childhood. I never really talked. Not about anything with any depth to it, at least. 
It was just me and my mom, and we never talked or communicated. Her teaching and disciplining was go to your room, you're grounded, or just screaming, not talking about what happened or why or what to do next time or any of that, or talking about things that weren't Survivor or Amazing Race. And so I played a lot of video games, and I just sort of wrote a lot. Um, my mom smoked a lot of weed and watched TV. <laughs> I've never been too confident socially because, again, I just don't feel like what I have to say means much. And this podcast helps me get my thoughts out and to see the downloads and listens come in really helps me out when feeling some sort of way about myself, probably gives me that confidence to speak more. Not that I want to speak speak a whole bunch more. I mean, I absolutely despise microphone hoggers. Microphone hoggers are energy vampires. They just suck the energy out of a space. If you've got three to seven people all hanging out and... The conversation is collaborative between everybody and you've got all these different viewpoints and everybody both feel comfortable and has a chance to give their input. That's just such a nice energy because it's a yeah collaborative one, seven of them coming together. But when you've got that many people and one person is the only voice you're hearing that is just so draining and then there's me doing a solo podcast. I've <laughs> um, been thinking about focus and focusing a lot as I try to figure out, maneuver around being a little bit more productive. I have a real hard time focusing on one thing for for too long. It's one of my biggest downfalls. I don't get things done because of it. I think of a new thing to do and start, then think of something else and start that and just repeat. You know, I think that's why I excelled working in a kitchen because I have to be thinking and juggling so many different items for both prep and cooking and trying to get everything done at once and prioritize and that changes minute to minute sometimes which is where my brain is natural being able to to jump around and ooh new thing that let's do that let's get that done i think i get anxious so often because of this lack of focus i'm constantly thinking about one thing and then another and if I'm not occupied doing something, my mind runs wild. I usually have three thoughts going on at once, and it's a bit overwhelming. I feel my love for music and my good lyric retention is a byproduct of that as well, because music gives me something to focus on, fast pace and different. If I put things on shuffle, who knows what's coming? And it's like a game for my brain to try to know all the words to all of them. Often on the first listen of a song, I'll try to be ending sentences and sing the chorus before it ends because then the whole time I'm thinking about what they might say next. It's something that I can focus on. 
I'm pretty sure this is some type of ADD, right? I know my mom wanted to get me tested as a kid, but she chose to smoke her weed instead. <laughs> I've thought before about talking to a doctor or an ADD man about it, even just to get diagnosed, but I'm not really about medication, so I don't think it would help. Though, I'm sure there are mental practices that can be put in place to help focus on things a little better. But here's the thing too, and I've thought about it and it's a weird one. I struggle immensely with confidence and if someone offered me a pill that would magically erase those hesitations and make me feel confident and comfortable in life, I don't know if I'd take it. Because if it worked, then I'm no longer me. I'm similar, sure, but I'm a different Dylan, definitely. I feel like I've got to grind it out and get there slowly and on my own terms. But I also need to learn to let go of who I think I am and become the person I want to be. And yeah, it's it's strange. There's all the all these self-reflective, introspective thoughts that I have and and critiques of myself that I want to change, but there's this weird confidence that I have in myself where it's like no I don't want to like I I am happy with who I am and I know that I know that if I were to change some of these things that I wouldn't be me anymore and I I know I've got at least a couple okay qualities but I know I can be better Trying to remember structure, rough structure of this podcast. Definitely knew I was doing a song, a song of the week or uh, something along those lines. And I know that fucking over a year and a third that there are quite a few songs that have been song of the week. And I don't know. You know what it's going to be this week? All right. Song of the week. Is going to be Feeling Whitney by Post Malone, which, hey, if you told me that I would recommend Post Malone to anybody at any point, I would probably just not believe you. But here I am, Feeling Whitney, Post Malone, who knew? That's a song that was probably... In my top, I think that might have been my top played song of last year. Let me, let me take a look, see. Let me me take a look, see. I use YouTube music because I'm a hipster doofus, maybe. No, it's because it comes with my Rogers phone plan and I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put in any effort to, to look for something else. Everybody's got their Spotify and they do their Spotify rap and I'm like, God damn, I wish I had Spotify rap. YouTube music, Google music, which I had before, they never did any of that fun stuff. I used to love when iTunes, when I had iTunes, when iPods were the only thing you could listen to music on and your iTunes would have like your most played songs. I loved looking at that because I do 
you know, songs are on repeat or I take 10 minute bike ride here, 10 minute bike ride here. I usually start with the same song. And so I would just like seeing numbers of songs, especially when I go through like period here, period here, period here. What song really set itself apart? Anyway, YouTube Music finally did a recap this year. Feeling Whitney was my second most listened to song last year. So song of the week, song of the year, we'll call it. Give it a listen. It's really nice. How have I been? How have you been? Take a second. If you're somebody that regularly listens to the podcast, it's been a while. And maybe we don't always take time to reflect. I find that New Year's is always a good time to reflect. And having my birthday on New Year's especially makes it a time to reflect. You know, first wrapping up the year, but I'm also turning another year older. So I'm like, fuck, what was that age? And I kind of am jealous of people who have their birthdays in random months because that offers another time of reflection. I do Sober October. Sober October is usually another time that I reflect. But hey, if uh, you listen to the last episode around the time it came out and you're listening to this one, take some time to reflect on the, the year and a third that was. For me, it's been, you know, I've been dealing with life. It's uh, It's been crazy, ups and downs. It's been good. I will say that I think that Last year, starting from February, February, from about a year ago exactly until, we'll call it September maybe, that was was the best mental state that I had been in, in in years. Definitely since before, you know, my darkest times in, in 2018, 2017. And that was great. That was, I was working like crazy. I did like a 300 hour month, work month, a couple times probably, averaging 10 hours a day every day, two jobs, doubles almost every day. But it was great. I was, I was busy. I didn't have the time to overthink, maybe. And I think that might be what's happened recently, the last couple months to sort of get me out of that and a little bit more into a a funk I believe that and I've seen this I've seen this growing over the past couple years that the seasons do affect me which is weird as somebody who loves the cold loves the rain loves the snow but maybe I just need those vitamins every now and then and so that time period definitely affects me but yeah I swear I quit quit the second job in like late June, but was still really busy for July and August and then by the time September started to roll around, I was freeing up a little bit, and that sort of that free time kept going for for the next couple months and that leaves my brain more time to think and that leads to probably being being harsh on myself more than anything as far as like what I'm doing with my time, what I'm accomplishing. Whereas when I'm busy and I don't have time to stop and think, I don't realize that. And when I have free time, I was like, hey, well, you should maybe do something with it. So that's been an adjustment, especially going high to low. Although it wasn't like abrupt, it, having that dichotomy still maybe puts more of an emphasis on it. I do think I've handled it much better than I have in the past, which is great news bears super dandy. I tore my MCL. That's pretty cool. 
don't know if you've ever torn an MCL before. Would not recommend at all, ever. Try not to. Was playing hockey. That's the other thing. I've probably talked about this before where I have it in my head that when things start to go good for me or things are working that something bad's going to happen. And that's because it usually does. Or it's probably more accurately this, that when something bad happens, I look at it and I go, shit, 10 seconds ago, things were so good and now they're bad. Darn, because things don't always go bad. But anyway, like the day I got promotion at work, I tore my MCL that very night at hockey. And I was playing decent puck the last month, you know, before that. This is in uh, 30th of November. Yeah, that was crazy. It was like fireworks in my knee. And then just a feeling, sensation I've never felt before. It wasn't pain. It wasn't numbness. It was just a foreign feeling. It was a feeling I'd never felt before. And that was so alarming to me. I sort of I yelped or yarged, I, I yarged in pain, or I yarged in, in terror, sheer terror, I was scared, I knew something was different, um, yeah, so tore my, tore my MCL, meniscus damage, ACL sprain, could have been worse, could have been worse, no surgery, no surgery to this point at least, I uh, haven't been able to get back on the frozen stuff, but we're working there, you know. We got time. We got time. Funny enough, with this being an expectation-filled episode, I don't have any expectations for the knee yet. I think it's such a strange, such a foreign, such a different experience that I don't know if I have like expectations like, you're going to get back on the ice at this time and it's going to go this well and you're going to do all this stuff. Obviously, I have wants, desires for when I want that to happen, but I think this has helped me take a step back, maybe not lower expectations, but just not have any. Oh, I just went to LA. LA, 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 LA. Hadn't been on a plane in 12 years, 11, 12 years, and that was to Edmonton from Vancouver, Canada to Edmonton, Canada, which is, I mean, I guess that's actually like a decent flight because our provinces are massive, but it's not special. So I went to LA. I had been to LA one time in my life. I was a nine-year-old or a 10-year-old. Going as not a nine or 10-year-old is much different, let me tell you that. Went down there for Super Bowl weekend uh, not to go to the Super Bowl because that would be outrageous. The tickets were, they were a lot, you know. But friend, a fan of the Bengals, I was like, hey, you know what? Let's go. Let's be there just in case. And at worst, we're in L.A. And so the worst case happened and they lost, but we were in L.A. So it was still pretty good. 30 degrees in February, February which is new to me. I feel like the service industry there is years behind. Is this a thing? Americans, are you far behind in service? Nobody was, not a single, there's four of us that went. No bill we ever got was split to start. They'd bring us just this full bill. And then be like, can you, can you split it? Or do we got to 
divvy this up ourselves. And then the whole, like, taking a card and walking away with it and doing something in the back and then bringing it back out with, like, 12 receipts and I've got to do math on one and give my autograph on another. It just, there's modern point-of-sale systems, you guys. There's mobile charging machines you can bring to a table that have the it's all there. Uh, but the people were cool. The culture's great, man. All the music I was hearing everywhere and all the people and style, it was like, oh, wow, this is a, just a cool, this is more my vibe. So that was nice, but I was dying at 11 a.m. from the heat in, again, February. So not a chance I'm moving there full time, but but maybe for like a day or something and so i just got back from la this week what else is new you know the world i really just left y'all during covid because i couldn't handle it i was losing my mind i was going crazy so i just decided you know what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna work every hour i'm awake and not think about the world and let me tell you it has not gotten any more normal. Not that I stray from politics or social issues on this podcast, but I think for the first one back, I'm going to leave what's going on alone and really just see if it figures itself out in the next month or two. The main thing I want to say is I'm not right and you're not right and he's not right and she's not right and they're not right. We're all probably a little bit right and we're all probably a lot wrong. And so if we could all give up this holier-than-thou or this I-know-better-than-you mentality and just listen to people and be compassionate of their thoughts and feelings and take what you want and leave what you don't. Because everybody's fucking stressed right now and everybody's exhausted and done with it. So, hey, hopefully we can get back to normal or a little bit closer to what we were used to before the pandemic started, that would be great. That would do a lot for a lot of us. And if not, then fuck, you know, we'd jump into World War Three or something. Uh, found a really good tea company. Big tea guy over here. Juniper Ridge, I believe it's called. They also make great incense. Which, if you can believe it, I guess those two kind of correlate. But great company. I think they plant trees or they do something decent environmentally so you don't have to feel bad. Tea I'm drinking right now is Douglas Fir and Rose Hips. What? It's crazy. It tastes like trees. It's delicious. I love drinking trees. It's like if you were put on the earth at any time in history and somebody's like, what's the one thing you probably don't think you can drink? First, you'd be like mountains, and secondly, you'd be like trees. And here we are in the future, 2022, we're just drinking trees. 
Like big trees. I'd try a rock, a mountain tea, a rock tea. They gotta have those, right? Salt, salt water. Uh, I got a table. Look at me. I got a table. I've lived on my own as a solo boy for eight years. Seven years, seven, eight years around that amount of time. And I have never had a dining room table. Can you believe that? Isn't that crazy? I've had a bar, like a nice little bar, two shelves, storage space underneath, leather buttoned front, five feet long, had no overhang. It was all right. I loved it. It wasn't all right. It was, it was so good. I couldn't, I couldn't bear to ever part with it, even though I've known that a table was going to be much more functional for years. But finally, I shout out my girl Noodle. She gave me her old table, which A, fits the room spatially and artistically just beautifully. I've had it for mm, 10 days, approx. 11, 11 days, approx. And life is life has changed. I mean, I'm already, I'm sitting here doing a podcast. I've rearranged the whole house. I've cleaned the whole house. All because of this fucking table. Tables change lives, dude. And dudettes. And dudexes. Yeah. If something's not feeling right, Maybe you need a table. Or maybe you need a a different table. Because we're all looking for a little structure and stability in life. And nothing provides stability quite like a table. (laughs) Alright, that's it. I'm done. I might be back. We'll see if this ever gets edited. Um, fuck, I feel like there's more things I do during an episode that I'm not doing. Maybe next time. Riddles? I've done a riddle in a while. Don't have any riddles. Book recommendations? We'd ever do book recommendations? I'll do a book recommendation. Uh, fish, fish don't exist. I'll do a book recommendation. Fuck yeah. Fish don't exist. I just, uh... What was I doing? I was on the old Reddit machine, and I was on the T subreddit, and somebody spilled all of their loose leaf all over their stove, and it was in their freaking stove grill and stuff, and they were sad. And the top comment was like, hey, read this book. It'll help you deal with loss and the chaos of life. And I was like, I don't know how any of this is correlating to anything but I'll heed that suggestion <laughs> yeah I'll heed that suggestion and so I just like alright I'm gonna go to a bookstore now but the, it was sold out at one bookstore last copy at the other first book I finished in let's see what was the last book I finished probably first book I finished probably only book I finished last year Something like that. Maybe second book. One of a few books I've read in the last while. And I did it pretty quick because it was just good stuff. So, Fish Don't Exist, give that a go.
and smile. Don't forget to smile, fuck. Don't get, don't forget to smile, fuck. All right, where's the how do I music? Thank you. Love you. Bye.